everyone, and welcome to Bite the Bullet. We are so happy that you guys are tuning in, listening, watching, and just being a part of the show. If you have noticed, if you can see us on the screen right now, our homeboy D Factor is feeling a little bit under the weather right now, so he won't be tuning in. He won't be giving us his his lovely input today. However, we do have the ultimate black man standing in his place. Hey, Gabe, can you say hi for the folks? Can you can you say hi? What's going on, everybody? I hope everyone is doing well on today. That's what I'm talking about. So today. It's no secret that people of color are cons consistently in a fight for their lives, whether emotionally, mentally, financially, or physically. And because of this, there are people that rise up to become the leaders within our communities. After all, no war is ever won by soldiers alone. Every war, every battle has generals like Dr. Umar Johnson and or Tariq Nasheed. Both of these gentlemen are very vocal about uplifting and creating a healthier black community. But are these two individuals and others like them healthy for the black community? So, bite the bullet squad, question. Are people like Tariq Nasheed and Dr. Umar Johnson helping or hindering the black community? And my apologies, Trish, I didn't even announce you up in the room. Hello, how can I not say hello to Trish? What is up, my friend? What is up, sis? That's all right. I'm here. I'm here. I'm all good. Thank you. Nice. So everybody, um, um Dr. Umar Johnson and Tariq Nasheed, uh, they're very vocal in the black community about uplifting, uplifting and doing several things to help the black community. But again, are they helping or hindering the black community? Um, I don't know if Gabe wants to go first, um, but I'll just chime in on that. I think- Ladies first, ladies first. Okay, no problem. Thank you. So I told you, in my opinion, um, we need our children. Like I need my, my children to see more, I guess, stronger black men speaking out. Right. The thing is, it's the delivery. Sometimes it's the delivery on how stuff is, yeah. is, is taken out there. But if more to me, if more black men can stand up and talk for their people, I mean, I like that they stand up. I like that they, you know, they talk about the black woman, that they talk about the black culture and black community. Sometimes I think that it's miss, it's, it's the delivery, it's the way how they deliver it, and it can come across as arrogant at sometimes. And you know, I don't want my children to 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 think that okay they're obligated or they need to act a certain way to get that attention. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's one thing to act like that, but I think to be humble says a lot. But you, oh. Right? Oh, yeah, I was just gonna, I was just um, gonna agree with you completely because yeah, having examples and role models are mm -hmm. so important for mm -hmm. any age. I, I know I'm almost 40 and I'm still looking for people to model my life after, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I tend to wonder, and before, um, Gabe, if you don't mind, because I'm sure you have something to say, let me play a clip of Dr. Umar Johnson talking about President Biden. Okay. I'm going to go to President Biden. President Biden, your first day of office, you signed an executive order to protect the life and safety of transgenders. I have no problem with that. But you did it on your first day. But he sat up here with you, Charlemagne, and told black people that if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. 
So if you went out of your way begging black people to vote for you, why haven't we got an executive order or any other activity coming out of the Oval Office from President Biden to protect black people from police? Look what he's doing with the anti-Asian hate. President Joe Biden signed an executive order that is exclusive to Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. I don't have a problem with that. But if you can protect the Asian American and Pacific Islander from violence, why can't you do the same thing for black people? Wow. Uh, he said a mouthful there. Um, I, I agree with everything he said. Uh, I looked up the bill. He's absolutely correct. Um, President Biden did sign that bill into law. So, yeah, panel, thoughts? And Dr. Umar brought the heat in that interview. Looking. <laughs> <laughs> And, and funny enough, he tend to always does. Like, um, it's like Trish was saying, it's the delivery a lot of times. I don't agree with everything he says. I used to be a huge Dr. Umar fan. I used to be a big Tariq fan until certain beliefs that they con- consistently say I don't, I'm not a fan of. But what he says just there, I can't argue with that. That's mm-hmm. to me 100% facts. It's facts. All right. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with uh dr umar uh and of course i am a Tariq nasheed supporter i have Mm -hmm. donated to almost every documentary he has done oh for shame you're off the show now no 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 i can't (laughs) tolerate that no um in fact um Tariq is one of the main reasons i'm in the whole dating relationship world because that's where he started and i felt like men were missing out on a lot of that game he was giving out years ago. Mm-hmm. So I support Tariq. Now, is Tariq perfect? No. But does he have a heart for the community? Yes. And I feel like Dr. Umar, um, those the community as well. I just feel like with Tariq, it's not financial. If Tariq, mm. Tariq would do this for free. If I he didn't receive a dime, he'd still do what he do. He mm-hmm. he would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I can say the same for Dr. Umar. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was that whole big scandal of With he the, was collecting money and he, the school. Right, it right. took so long to get there. He finally has it up. I, I'm not sure exactly yeah. where it is, but it's supposedly up right. and people can sign up and go to it. So, yeah. And so, I, you know, I, in respect on it, I'm glad he got it up. But mm-hmm. both of these men make good points. I think society at large, they don't see black men, strong black men mm-hmm. speak in such a strong manner because if these were two white dudes doing this for the white community, you know, we wouldn't have any issue. It wouldn't be this big problem or this big deal. Mm-hmm. He's be, he just being a man, right? Well, I, we see- I, I, um, Gabe, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I agree to a point and I agree because yes, um, when white men speak as passionately mm-hmm. as Dr. Umar and even Tariq, there's, there's no one bats an eye. However, if a white man was to say some of the things that like Dr. Umar says about only date your race, um, your coon, if you do, some <laughs> people might be offended by that. They may get turned I'm off. Sorry, you know what I'm, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of white people that say that, that keep it, keep the white race pure. True. They, oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right. That they've been saying that for mm-hmm. years. But what I wanted to say on touch point mm-hmm. is that, and you guys are touching on it, is that. I believe that when it's someone of color, whether it be a black man or a black woman, when they start speaking out, they look at, they they tend to be viewed as being angry or for the culture and all that. But 
if it was someone who was white, there would be, you know, someone who you look up to because, you know, they're preaching facts and they're, you know, they're right. so passionate. That's the word that they would use. They would use passionate. They wouldn't use angry like they used for these, right. for, for, for certain people. So, and the thing is, is that I find as though for black people or color people or brown people, it's like you almost have to be perfect. Could you imagine if Barack Obama did even an eighth of what Trump did in the White House, what would have happened? Oh, he would have been out by day 20. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh man. Um. So, um, Doctor Doctor uh, Tariq Tariq Nasheed. Um. There's a clip that I want to play with him, but I need to say a disclaimer before I play this clip. He was on Clubhouse. This is an instance incident that happened. I think about two weeks ago. Um. I personally feel like he was ambushed, and the the altercation that you'll hear is him defending himself against several women who are accusing him of not paying and here i'll play the clip one second before in here that they had to, i was I to... my name is london i was in 1804 i had to track you down to get paid for it no what when were you in 1804 she has shown us she's shown us images and they're not not doctors that she was in the actual documentary she's ptr them in multiple rooms before you paid me but it took a very long time what? Who the talking. hell is? Who was in 1804 in here? That they had. To, I, I was. Had to... My name is London. I was in 1804. I had to track you down to get paid for it. No. What? When were you in 1804? She has shown us. She's shown us images, and they're not not doctors. That she was in the actual documentary. She's PTR'd them in multiple rooms before. You paid me, but it took a very long time. What? Where were you in the movie? I was one of the slaves. So in, in that clip, uh, the video, I mean, you could look it up on YouTube. It goes on for like, I think, anywhere from like 30 to 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And um, Tariq calls these ladies a whole bunch of different names for different reasons. And I understand because he was angry and he's being accused of a lot of things that I don't know if he did or if he didn't do. But however, like when you're at his level, it's kind of like what Trisha was mentioning earlier before. You have this image that you already, people are looking at you at. So when, I don't even know how to phrase what I'm trying to say, because it's clearly no one, none of us are perfect. But at the same time, I personally feel that he could have handled that with a little bit more class. Yeah, for sure. You're you're a person who's in the media. You're, And the thing is in Clubhouse, it's not like we're doing this interview right now. Like, Dude, just press the peace sign and get out of the room. <laughs> like, and I and I kept wondering. I was like, "How come you haven't cut off your mic yet, or just left the room? Like, yeah. what did you have to prove?" Leave the room. Like, oh, you know what? You don't even have to answer those questions. Maybe reach out to her, figure it out at some other time. But I mean, you have okay. It's not that you have an image, but you are in the media. You are advocating for certain things when it comes to black people. You know what? Right. Represent, and you know what? Do not disrespect. And I just think that it's very small of, the, of him, regardless of the situation, to be calling mm -hmm. people names. That is so immature. I, I agree. And as Gabe was saying earlier, like, um, I'm not a huge fan of Tariq, but I, I admire a lot of things he does, like with the documentaries and mm -hmm. him helping the culture and a lot of different things like that. But in this particular instance, and this isn't the first time, because him and Dr. Umar actually almost fought it out several times because they didn't agree. And it's just like, it's trauma. It's, 
Right. And it's like it's almost like with the whole Barack Obama thing. Barack knew that he had to always be cool. Mm -hmm. He couldn't let people see him break down because I felt he knew that he had this image to to live up to. Whether he did right in the office, whether he did wrong in the office, that is all debatable. But there is no one can ever say he broke down and he acted out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, go ahead, Dave. So, <laughs> oh, go I, ahead, Gabe. I, go ahead. <laughs> I'm aware of that interview. And I've had mm -hmm. my own run in with Pink Peel. I've actually straight cooked her and called her all kinds of names. Okay. This is the thing. You know, you make a good point about being more professional and everything. I'm trying to work on that as well. Okay. But knowing Tariq and the track record he's had with money, mm -hmm. which yeah. is really good. He's always paid people. Nobody mm -hmm. has come out and said he scammed anyone. For this chick to get on a public platform and essentially say, because at what point she was making, I don't even know. She got paid. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And you getting on here saying, oh, it took him forever to pay. Okay, if it took him whatever, you still got paid. Got it. You can't say you didn't pay right. him. Mm -hmm. A lot of these sisters, they a lot of them clout chase. Mm -hmm. uh, they're clout chasing chicks. Yeah. And they'll use your name to come up. I listen, I don't have just no huge following like he does. The little mm -hmm. following I do, do I do have. I have had women make rooms about me. I have a girl who stalks me every day. She makes <laughs> posts about me every day. I call her my biggest fan. She absolutely adores and loves me. Right. So when you when you're elevating, your platforms are growing, and people are listening mm -hmm. to you, you come across that. You do have to come. You do have to. You have to learn how to deal with them. Cause I have been guilty of cooking women and calling them all kinds of names. Right. I don't call them the B word or anything, mm -hmm. but I have had that, that instance where, you know, you have to kind of get them in line almost because they start to get disrespectful. That could tarnish his brand. That could tarnish mm -hmm. what he has going when you're accusing him of something that isn't true. So mm -hmm. I definitely understand the frustration. Um, right. Should he be handled a little bit better? Yeah, sure. But I, I get where he's coming from with that. I, I honestly do. Yeah, and I think that a lot of that is the problem because as I played the clip, a lot of other people could play the same clip or a different version of the clip. You can cut it, remix it, and do whatever you want with it, like a 20 million different ways. So I think people who put themselves in a position of authority or leadership always have to be mindful of how they're being presented to other people. And the my apologies, for some reason there's dogs barking if you guys can hear it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but um, what I was just about to say is that I, I agree with you, Gabe, that, yes, he was in that room and he was defending himself. And, yeah, when people catch you off guard, a lot of times our emotions take the get the best of us. However, this wasn't the first time he's done it. Dr. Umar has done it. There have been other people who have done it. And I admit, I've probably been guilty of it, too, particularly like in my early days of first getting on social media. But now, through my own experiences, I've learned, like, you know what? It's better for me to cut the feed and do my frustration somewhere else than it is to just let that feed hang out there and mess up my brand and my money. If that makes sense. Makes sense. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things that Dr. Umar is constantly talked about and criticized for is his stance on inter- 
racial relationships. So I'm going to play a clip and well, actually, I'm going to play two clips and you guys will hear what he said, because I don't want to speak for Dr. Umar. Let me ask you a question, Dr. Umar. Are you totally against interracial relationships? I am totally against it, and I want to make sure you understand why. Mm -hmm. It's not because... <laughs> Cut it out, Envy. <laughs> Cut it out, Envy. Don't do that, Envy. I'm, I'm having out. a serious Say, conversation. We have a name for it. I, I want... We have a name for it. Okay. The snow bunny crisis. Okay. I am against the snow bunny crisis. And I want your white listeners to understand. Because people be trying to say stuff like... Uh, He's the black Hitler. I'm not the black Hitler. I am I am in no way interested in hurting or harming the life of any human. White, Asian, Chinese, I believe in respecting everybody. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm against interracial marriage in Vian Charlemagne is because marriage is an economic contract. It's an economic contract. Most women do not marry down in status. They marry up. And if you don't believe me, show me a rich white woman married to a broke-ass black man. Have you ever seen a rich white woman marry a broke-ass black man? No, you have not, and you never will. Because marriage ain't about love, it's not colorblind, and it is totally economic. So if marriage is an economic unification and a contract, how can we, who don't have enough already, give so much to the white woman and to white people who have already taken too much when we got all these black women out here who will never get married. Only one out of every four black women in America will ever taste marriage. And half of them who taste marriage will be divorced within five years. If you want to save the black family, if you want to save the black family, you have to protect it. And in order to protect it, you have to be against interracial marriage. You can't say, I love the black family, but I don't have a problem with interracial marriage. Interracial marriage is eliminating the black family because it is not providing our women with enough uh, available and able black men to be their husbands. So you're okay. That's the first clip, and this next clip, I promise, is really short. So here's the next clip. That's what we need out here, brothers. It's about black love. I told Charlemagne and DJ Envy today. I ain't got nothing against no white woman. I told Charlemagne and DJ Envy today. I ain't got nothing against no white woman. White woman ain't done nothing to me, but I love the black woman and I'm loyal to the black woman and the black woman is my priority. That's just the way it's going to go. That's just. The uh, yeah, uh, that's the way it is. And that's his opinion. I have multiple thoughts about this, but Trish, Gabe, your thoughts. Dr. Umar's cooking. <laughs> Man, he was. Yeah. Cooking. Yeah. Um, I'm all for black love too. My platform mm -hmm. is catered to black, uh, young black people mm -hmm. uh, and helping them trying to find love and bridge the relationship gap between black men and black women, right? That's what I mostly mm -hmm. focus on. Right. Um, I believe in black love. I want to see black men with black women. I do. I'm mm -hmm. going to marry a black woman. Yeah. I am going to have black children and I hope most of my peers and friends do the same. However, <laughs> have to be honest. Yeah. Most some of our sisters are gonna have to marry out. Mm. And some of our brothers are gonna have to marry out because Ooh. we don't have enough qualified individuals to get married. The point he made uh when he said one in four black women will never taste marriage, that's very real. It's very real, especially if she uh, keeps her options to just black men. Now, do I want to see all black 
because these folks are call me a coon and a sambo. I'm I'm neither one. All right, I'm as <laughs> pro black as they come. But we have to be honest. Some of these uh, a lot a lot of the more less lesser desirable women or the very high paid sisters that just can't get brothers that are in their lane or in their pay range are going to have to date out. They won't have a choice. If they don't, they'll just die by themselves. And that's not, that isn't what we want. So that's how I look at that. You see, I, I hear that all the time about, you know, there's so many women, especially black women making X amount of money, but there isn't enough black men doing it. There's just so many stands I can take on this. And I don't know if it's because I'm older, but you know, all right. Or maybe for me, money has never been a huge factor for me when it came to relationships. Like I've had two of my most serious relationships. I've always been the person making more money, but that's never been an issue in the relationship, right? And I just feel as though if you're a woman, a black woman, especially a black woman in that in that particular position, we know the struggles that black men go through from in society as a whole. I mean, if I meet someone who's treating me really good, you know, and we're in love and regardless of his stature, wouldn't it be, you know, if, because I love this man to help build him up, maybe get him to where he, where he wants to be or aspire to be, help him to get there. I mean, why, why are most women on game? Maybe you can answer this because I've been in some of your um, rooms and I actually have a question for you in, in regards to, I think was the room you were in last week, um, the marriageability thing. I can't, think, I can't remember the full name of the room, but you know, why are women, I don't know, are they discouraged if they make a certain amount of money, especially black women that they, that is looked upon if the man makes less money because in a lot of these rooms that I'm looking in or that I'm in and I'm listening on, oh, they want a man that's six figures. They want a man that's making a certain amount of money. Yet they're not even making uh, like 20% close to what what they're asking for. They're not willing to give a certain amount. And another thing in regards to the, the whole re, uh, interracial dating, um, I am not against it because, okay, I'll explain it. It's not that I'm, I'm against it because I know that I've met and I am friends with a lot of Caucasian men, men as well who are very cultured. They know a lot about my Caribbean culture, about the African culture. They know a lot, very cultured. But then I also have friends, black men who are in relationships with Caucasian women, Asian women, who over the years have one lost their identity as black men. You know, they would have become into my house all the time for certain types of food. Mm, I'm on certain, huh? Come on, Trish. You own it right now. I'm like, yeah. you I'm know, like coming into my house for a certain type of food. You know, a lot of their wives couldn't even comb the kids here, didn't know how to deal with it, you know, um, didn't know how to deal with certain body types and stuff like that. And to me, as a woman, if you're getting into a relationship, especially a woman, get into a relationship with a man with, of a different cultures, even if it's a black, especially a black man, learn about the culture, culture, learn about the food that they like, learn. It goes the same for the man, learn about the woman's culture, but I don't see it. I just see that I feel as though these white women have these men as a token and, you know, they walk around with them and here's my black man. 
they're not learning about them. They don't even try to learn about some of the things that they go through in their lives that make them who they are today. Because there's a lot of black men out there that's hurting, that's going through a lot of stuff that women don't take the, the time to even recognize. And there's a lot of these women who are not taking time to recognize how their family and how their family reacts and all that cultural differences is impacting that man or the woman. So there's a lot for me. Like I, I don't, I never told my children don't talk to white people or anything like that. I've said to them, I try to make sure that my children know about their culture, know where they're coming from. Cause I feel very strongly. You need to know where you're coming from to know where you're going. And I, I you know I, I keep it very close to them when it comes to their culture, their roots. And that is something that we need to start embedding in our children, because I find as though living in North America, you can lose that so fast. That's my take on it. Big facts. Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I'm, I struggled with is the fact that I tend to wonder, um, before I was woke, air quotes, <laughs> um, would I have selected um, my white wife? Um, for those who don't know, I am in interrelation, interracial relationship for, uh, we've been together for about 16 years. She's the love of my life. I love her to death. Uh, she's my road dog. Um, there's nobody else that I think I can trust or have my back. Um, like Trish is saying, uh, when we first got together, no, she didn't know about the culture. She didn't know about the, the struggles that I, as a black man go through. She didn't know what the struggles of a black person goes through or a person of color. But over the years, she has taken the time to learn. She has read the books. She has gone to um, different classes. She she goes with me to almost every cultural event that I can grab and find my, and, and figure mm -hmm. out to go to. So she has, she does the work. But when people look at her, they see a white girl, a white girl on my arms or a black man on her arms. So as far as uh, what Dr. Umar was saying and how a lot of other people feel. Me personally, I mean, if it isn't obvious, clearly I feel that an interracial inter relationship is fine. However, um, but there's I have into that that people need to. Put oh yes, absolutely. Like you, you can't date someone outside of your race and expect to just think everything's going to be fine because you have to do the work. Whether you're a black person dating an Asian person, an Asian person dating a white person, both parties need to figure out what is going on with that culture that they haven't been raised with. You, you talk, you talking about you love this person. You want to know this person. You got to know this person and know everything about them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times we don't. We just get with people and we're just like, oh, okay, this is love. Like, no, love is doing the work. Love is doing all the dirty, getting in the muck, the mud, and just going for it. And I feel a lot of people don't do that, particularly in interracial relationships, because it's cool. It's trendy right now. Wait, don't get me wrong. I am low-key happy when I see another, uh, another mixed relationship. However, I tend to wonder, oh, are they both doing the work? Are they both still helping out people of color? Mm -hmm. uh, me personally, I give to certain places. I go and spend my time at certain places because I want to make sure my people are being lifted up. I want to make sure my kids can walk down the street without fear. I want to leave this world better than I found it. Mm -hmm. So when a lot of people try to throw black love and stuff in my face, particularly that always tends to rub me a wrong way because I'm, I'm one of the firm believers that love is love, regardless of what the shade. However, if you really are saying love is love, you got to put in the work and you got to do the time and figure out about that other person. Thanks. 
facts, facts, facts. That's, I mean, and the thing is, is that I don't think that the cultural differences between a black and or interracial marriage is the one is what drives them apart. I think it's not being able to handle or deal with the differences. Oh yeah, actually, I think that's what what drives people apart. Oh yeah, um, I remember back when I started really reading about our history and everything that was done to particularly black people in America, I was walking around pissed off. And my wife came to me one day. She was like, why are you so angry lately? Like, what did someone do? And honestly, I could barely look at her. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I was about to ask you that. Like, have you movies <laughs> like Amistad and, and those movies with her? Because I'll tell you, after watching those movies, I, I'm i like hating white people for like days. <laughs> well, well, actually, there's some movies that like I'll read about before I watch them. And then depending on what's the movie about, a lot of times I won't watch them with her. Okay. Not because I don't think she can handle it. But for me, I know I need to have time to process, to process and to cool it. down. Okay. So that's that's more so for me. Um, that's like uh, what is um, Judas and the Messiah? I watched. I went to the theaters and watched that by myself because I already knew the story. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see how it was going to be depicted on screen, and that was something that I saw by myself. I'm sure once we own it, she'll watch it with me. Mm-hmm. But that was just something that I was like, you know what? Let me see this by myself. Let me just chill. All right. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love when Gabe laughs because that means he's about to bring something. Like <laughs> you kind of scare me a little bit too when you laugh. <laughs> Listen, I get it. I I I yeah. understand. You know, and I have a best friend who's married to a white girl. I went to their wedding and everything. Yeah. So uh, I get it. I mm-hmm. totally understand. Yeah. Um, and if you decide to date out, that's fine. My only thing is with people that date out is when they still want to have a foot or say in how the community moves. Um, That's a problem. For instance, you can't say black women ain't ish and you got a snow bunny on your arms. That does not sit well with me. Now, if you're dating a white woman and you're not being critical of sisters, yeah, that's fine, and it's, and it's the same for the uh for black women that date out and marry white men. Mm-hmm. If you do that, that's fine. Do you go be happy? No one's telling you not to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just that when you come back to the community and say, "Oh, you black men ain't ish, and y'all yes. don't work, yes, right, y'all sorry, and y'all don't build no wealth, ma'am." Yeah. You decided to cash out and go to an opposite race you decided that you want a white man that's cool we're not judging just it's time to close your mouth now and there's a popular content creator who i've had to roast in my own rooms on clubhouse that does that yeah and that's not right it's divisive and it's silly it's very very silly uh and that's something i just can't co-sign so that's my whole thing about the whole oh i i agree i i, I don't know what trish if trish has anything but i know for me personally I agree completely. Like everyone listening, everybody watching, please don't get it twisted. Yes, the woman on my arm is white, but I st- I still love every woman of any color. Like I- I've never discriminated against any woman. Like I love all shapes, sizes. Like you have no idea. I yeah, we haven't recorded. Don't worry. Like, loves women. Period. <laughs> exactly. And I- I'm I- I'm completely with you, Gabe. Like it offends me and it makes me 
pissed off when I hear any male or female, when you are going to sit there and talk about another race as it, first of all, like, cause you're going to generalize it just because they're a certain race. Right. They are one particular way or a certain type of way, because that's, that's what you think. Like, I'm getting mad just talking about it now. <laughs> like, it, it just makes me infuriate when I hear stuff about that. Like, no, don't demean somebody. Yes, you might have a preference, but that doesn't mean that other one isn't any good. Mm-hmm. So I know Gabe has to leave in a few minutes. Um, I wanted, this is really, this conversation is really, really good, but yeah. I was picking to ask him a question about his room that I was in last mm-hmm. week when mm-hmm. it comes to... Um, I guess women's marriageability and, you know, just what they come with and come with to the table and their prospects. Gabe, you okay with that? Of course. Yes. Yeah, okay. Please. So I am a single woman with three children. And by the way, they're with the same man. Okay. And I don't have three different baby daddies. And, but I was with him for 17 years and um, I ended up leaving him. So when I go into a lot of these rooms, um, just listening, not in just in general in your room, but even people like Kevin Samuels or even other singles rooms and relationship rooms, this is what I am getting, that I am a very low value woman when it comes to the dating pool. <laughs> now, if I wasn't as strong-minded and and where I am in my life, I think that would have really, really damper my confidence. Mm-hmm. But I know my worth, so I wanted to get your take on it. Sure. All right. So I'll, I'm gonna be honest, and I'll ask you a few questions. So, Trish, were you married? No, we weren't married. Okay. And how old are you? I am 43. So you're 43, three kids. Your oldest is how old? 22. And your youngest is how old? 11. Okay. What kind of man are you looking for? I'm looking for a partnership. Okay. So you want a modern setup. You don't want a traditional man, a man that's going to pay your bills and you stay home, right? I don't want to stay home. Okay, good. So I'm going to be real frank. Your attractiveness would help you in the market. Because you look better than the average 40-year-old with three kids. That's one thing. We'll start there. But you do have three kids and a man never married you. That's going to really hurt you in the dating market because as a man, if he's coming to you, he's going to be looking at you like, hmm, you was with this man for 17 years and you didn't require him to marry you. Why are you requiring me to marry you? That's how men think. Mm -hmm. But does it mean that your chances are shot? Absolutely not. That is a lie that a lot of these content creators tell these women that mm-hmm. just because they have kids that it's just over with. Now, I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to tell you what your chances are. I'm going to tell you what kind of man you can get. You might not can get a lawyer or a doctor, but you can get you a guy that's an HVAC, an HVAC or an electrician or a plumber. And he's going to take care of you and love you. And he might have two, three kids, might have two baby mamas. And, and Gabe, and, I'm sorry, Gabe, if I can interrupt, ladies, if you're hearing electricians and plumbers, don't sleep on them because, yo, them dudes be making money they make for real. Money. A lot of people don't know that. They think just because you're not a doctor, lawyer, or an entrepreneur, everybody wants an entrepreneur now. Trendy. And I know that a lot of them don't make money until their seventh to tenth year in business. That's numbers. You can look that up. A lot of folks don't start mm-hmm. seeing profit to their third year in business. 
They go three to four years without seeing a dime. Mm -hmm. so a lot of women, they want those men, but they don't qualify. I had a room today where I had wives of doctors talk about the lifestyle, and everybody wants to be married to a doctor, but they don't qualify for a doctor. So you're going to sit here and you're going to waste all your 30s and all your 40s trying to get a doctor or a lawyer. It doesn't work out. You try to get these femininity courses. You're trying to get game from Kevin Samuels. He telling you your life is over with. Oh, my God, I'm doomed. And if you had just slowed down and got a man in your lane who you can blend your families and live happy, you'd be fine. Too many women focus on things that don't matter. His occupation, his height, what he looks like. Instead of just focusing on, can this man love me? And can he enrich and enhance my life in a positive way? That's what they should look for. Facts. I might have to bring some resources. You're going to have to bring a little bit of money to the relationship, Trish. You're fine with that, though, because you said you'll work. He's going to bring some resources, too. But that man is going to love you. Nobody should be telling someone they're not worthy of love because if you do the work, you are you can qualify to get someone that love and cherish you in a good way. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And the thing is, is that when I listen to a lot of these women, regardless if they're in their twenties, thirties, or forties, I know for me, I it. I left my ex in 2013, I think it was, 20, mm -hmm. and I spent all this time working on myself, mm -hmm. making mm -hmm. sure that the issues that developed in that relationship, the person that I didn't like who I was. So mm -hmm. I, I, I realized that, you know what, in modern day society, a lot of women, when they look at, and I was talking to Jay about this, when they ask would you submit to a man? I think a lot of women take that in the wrong context. It's like you have to bow to a man and say, mm -hmm. yes, when that's not what it really means. Absolutely. We have different roles as a man and as a woman. And you need to know what your role is as a woman. And as regardless of your beliefs, um, that's why we were built differently, right? That's why we have different hormones. That's my belief. Absolutely. So that's why when I listen to a lot of these rooms, and I'm like, you know, my my... I guess mental emotions is a lot more, I would say, stable than it was a few years ago. And when I hear women talk, I'm like, okay, I'm not even in that category because I'm willing to work with a man. I'm willing to understand mm -hmm. a man. So why are you putting me down? If I wasn't in the mental capacity that I would that I am in, mm -hmm. I would say, yo, I, I need to just go get five cats and call it a day. I just <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, and I've been guilty of telling women they're going to be cat ladies, but I tell oh, them I that, you know, I do, I call it cats in combat boots. I say, look, ma'am, if you don't want to listen to the game I'm giving you, just get, get you some combat boots, get you a cat, I'll send you some Zyrtec and we'll call it a day. That's going to yeah, be your future, I'll, you know? That killed me. I'm done with this episode. Cats, <laughs> cats in combat boots. Yeah, I and love it. It's a thing on Clubhouse. I started it, cats in combat boots, because I worked with a lady who wore combat boots to work every day and she was a cat lady and she told me that she would be married had she not had she been more realistic mm. and less selfish mm -hmm. uh, but now that time had passed and she was a cat lady and she wore combat boots every day to work <laughs> i tell women if you don't adjust mm -hmm. lady that's 35 years old with two kids but wants a lawyer if you don't adjust 
you will be by yourself. Mm-hmm. The marriage rates are abysmal for black people in this country. I just yeah. I read something today. I think it was from Bowling Green and it was sent to me and it said every other racial ethnic group is getting married more than they are getting divorced. A thousand percent. The only group that that does not apply to are black mm-hmm. women. They are getting divorced more than they're mm. getting married. So, and, and when you look at it, it's everybody's out of their lane. Nobody wants to be in their lane. So no, Trish, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's over with for you. I'm just going to tell you to adjust and redirect. There is somebody out there for you. No, no, I, I, I totally believe that. Trust me, I believe that. And I don't even know if I want to deal with a doctor or a lawyer. One, their hours are ridiculous. Are ridiculous. I always lie too much. Do I Listen, want that? Can we be real? A lot of these women are so hot in the tail. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to sit down anywhere. They are, they're always want, wanting sex and, you know, to get to get it in. When you were a doctor, I had, I had again, I, I had two doctor's wives on my, on my, uh, in my room earlier today. And one of the girls says her husband's going to work 80 hours this week. Mm-hmm. 80 hours. Yo, my wife's a nurse. And, and I can tell you guys that medical field, it don't play. Them hours oh, are long. It's a beast. Do not play. Do not yeah. play. That's uh, I, and I'm, I want a man to pay me attention. I want to mm-hmm. be going on hikes and walks yeah. and bike rides and stuff like that. And I, I where, when am I going to do that with a, with a doctor or a lawyer? He's right. going to lay his ass off me because that's all lawyers do lie. That's what that mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Any lawyers out there, we apologize for what Trisha said. Don't yeah, say yeah. We do. <laughs> but uh, no, Gabe, no, sorry. <laughs> Gabe, before we officially let you go, I have two last things. Um, the first thing is I hope you have time for it. It'll be real quick. You have now entered the hot seat. <laughs> All right, so Gabe, are you ready to be in the hot seat? Always, man. I, I, I live in the hot seat. <laughs> All right, so Gabe, the question for you today is, what's one thing, just one thing, you would change to uplift people of color? You can only choose one. To uplift them, I would change quite simply the the relationship between black men and black women. Oh, oh, I like that. Okay. I would change the relationship between black men and black women. Oh, um, dude. The community can only go as far as our relationships. That's why I switched to relationships. I actually started yeah. out uh, in the whole pro-black scene, and I, yeah. I, I showed movies and held screenings and went to mm-hmm. events. Uh, but once I read Dr. Claude Anderson's book, uh, Black Labor, White Wealth, and Dr. Francis Chris Welsing's book, The ISIS Papers, um, it put the spotlight on the relationship dynamic mm-hmm. and that if black people don't get a community, we won't survive. And when you look at community, what is a community? It's a collective of families and businesses. Mm-hmm. When you look at families, what is a family made of? Men. Mm-hmm. A man, a woman, and their legacy, which are their children. And the community cannot grow. It cannot progress unless black men and black women can begin to get along. We have the sex game down pat. We have the baby making down pat. But we don't have the family dynamics down pat. And once we can get get that connected and get that fixed, that dynamic between black men and black women in romantic relationships and learn to love one another again, 
then we could begin to rebuild our community. Ooh, well said, man. Dang. I, I um uh before I ask Tris your thoughts, Tris. Um, Gabe, I know we're running out of time because I know you have to go. Oh no, you're um, good, you're fine, you're fine. Oh, um, where can everyone find you? Sure. I want to connect with you. Absolutely. So I do have uh, I'm on Clubhouse. That's where a lot of my following is these days, yeah. Ultimate Black Man. Uh, and I also am on Instagram at Ultimate Black Man and um Twitter. And I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, I'll start making content on YouTube again. My YouTube channel was just exploding, but I stopped because YouTube don't want to pay no back. Right. So uh, <laughs> I had to stop making content, but I'll be back on YouTube soon. You can mm -hmm. follow once you see the brown and gold logo, you know it's me. Awesome. And Trish, my friend, so um, any inputs for you? What was one? Th what's one thing you can do? You can just rewind and replay his answer because <laughs> <laughs> you can just re because it is so crucial and because I have children, mm. you know, our, I came from a broken home. Their dad came from a broken home, and now mm. I just don't want that cycle to keep repeating itself. Yes, so right. it's 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 educating our children and showing them these examples and just coming together as a community. I just feel as though as a community, we just try to top each other and just try to show off on each other too much where we need to be coming together and supporting and uplifting each other. And I really want that for my children because I really want the cycle to end with me. I don't want it to, you know, or to, with them, I'm sorry, when it comes to relationships and being together and having that united front. And that's why I keep I reiterating to my children the three of them, you guys have to be close. You guys need to be always there supporting each other because mm. I see too many brothers and sisters, especially in our community, fighting, fighting over money or land or disputes and stuff like that. And I'm like, I never want that for you guys. And I explain it to them and I've been putting that into their in, into them as they grow, as, as they were growing. So I totally a thousand percent agree with what Gabe said. Yeah, um, most of, I, I, I definitely do as as well and i think that might be a good point a good point to bring in uh, mr positivity because throughout our conversation today um regardless of who you're looking up to who you're trying to partner with who you're trying to be in a relationship make sure you're equally yoked um do what you can to make sure that you're staying in your lane and the person that you're trying to be with not that you can't do better not that you can't go for your dreams but make sure that all that's expected of that you're living up to and know what you're going after. And like Gabe said, like Trish, Trish just said, it's all about connecting with each other and being a community and just becoming one. This has been Bite the Bullet. Thank you, Gabe, so much for tuning in and dropping with us today, dropping all that knowledge, your wisdom. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Trish. Not a problem, man. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, man. I hope I'll be able to come back. This was good. Oh, no. This is the one time. You're not coming back at all, ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta come back when, when D's in the house because yes. both of y'all have some good some good convos. You know, it'll be great. So Absolutely. Just let me know. Just let me know. Okay. Most definitely. And everyone, this has been Bike the Bullet. We will catch you all later. Peace. Bye.